Last time on Pokemon Rollout, the trainers took on the next step in their dragon fighting gym challenge. Their task was to help a familiar timber mine ore that would become the steel beam it would hold upon evolution. As they delved into the caverns, Professor Sneeze helped spot deposits of ore and Charlie used his pickaxe to help the timber. Liliana chose to employ Trigger, her machoke, to mine for precious stones to be sold for a profit. While completing their tasks, a catch of Sableye surrounded the group, eyeing up Liliana's gemstones. Charlie and Liliana were each able to catch a Sableye, but the rest nearly overpowered Schmoopy the Shellos. That was until she evolved into a Gastrodon, giving her enough power to make the remaining Sableye faint. Having helped the timber gather the needed material, everyone returned to await their next gym challenge. Hear what happens next, right now, on Pokemon Rollout. Hello and welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Nick, but these guys call me their Game Master. And you're listening to Pokemon Rollout, a real play Pokemon Tabletop United RPG podcast. What's your name? I'm Paul and I play Charlie. Have you seen my butt, Pine? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Michael and I play Professor Rudimentous Imaginary Muffin Sneeze. Shadow Garden. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was not expecting that from you, Paul. No. I should have, but I didn't. Uh, trust, uh, trust me, uh, dear listeners, when, when, when I say that that callback isn't quite as concerning as it sounds. <laughs> it's okay, they'll hear it in the yeah, bloopers. Yeah, they'll be in the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know more about Bud, stick around for the whole episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, that that is a uh, that, that is a advertisement that I did not want for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we descend further into adolescent humor, so uh, so how how do we how do we get back into how do we do get into the Pokemon thing? How do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you're asking. <laughs> how, how do we transition from talking about butts <laughs> to get back into uh, doing Pokemon things? I think it's gotta be just. You know. say, I, I, I've begun like three segues, and then we immediately veer back. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll just, I'll just. Nick has the wheel, but we keep yeah, you grabbing, keep grabbing it. It's it just. <laughs> Like, like literally, like I, 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 I put a bow on it, and then you guys like rip the bow off, and it's just like, is, is, is this intro a metaphor for the podcast? <laughs> yes. 
guys. No, it, it is a metaphor that all GMs can understand. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. Um, so, hey, we collected all the iron, right? Uh, yes. You, and gemstones. Uh, you did find some gemstones. gemstones. At least one of you did. Um, collected all the iron and got back into place. Um, so you're able to get it all back there. Uh, you are led to another room that had a... Uh, Pokemon Healing Center to heal up your Pokemon, as well as a shoot to send any extra Pokemon along to the Feral Core, because you did catch mm-hmm. some Pokemon. So. I didn't. I take I those Sableye and I chuck them into that sucker. All right, so Sableye, I'll go back. Okay. Uh, yeah, you healed yourself up and you're moving on. Yeah. We should we should say farewell to to this. Um, uh, <laughs> Not Tyrogue. I want to say Tyrogue. Timber. What is it? Timber. Timber, thank you. Mm-hmm. We should say farewell to this Timber. Okay. Yeah. Farewell, Timber. Uh, <laughs> farewell. I, I, I hope your destiny is, is even more fulfilled than it was the time that we saw you before this time. If that is what you wanted. Um, we'll say hi to your friends bye. for you. <laughs> yep. At, at about like in the middle of uh, Professor Seeds kind of meandering, one of the conclader just kind of starts steadily just shifting the timber towards his task of making his iron. Like yeah, I think I think he got the gist. Great, <laughs> uh, he, we're friends. We're good. Yep. All right. All right. And yeah, it waves you goodbye and starts working on it. You can see that it's already kind of. Uh, it is very close to evolving at this point, so it's kind of moving in that direction with everything. Um, that. Okay, so you were directed to a tunnel, and it opens up, uh, as you're going through, it opens up suddenly after about a few hundred feet, uh, the right side of the tunnel dropping away completely into darkness and space. Ooh. So it just drops out into just a big, huge cavern on the side, and up and down. Um, after a couple more feet, you find yourselves at the foot of a massive stalagmite, a mountain within a mountain, uh, with a series of rough-hewn steps cut into the side of the stalagmite, leading steeply upwards and winding around it. Uh, the steps are a few inches wide and are cut directly into the wall. There is nothing but empty air and darkness to the right of the path. There is no handrail. Pretty sure this isn't up to code. <laughs> I'm afraid that there is no Chandy version of OSHA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I, we're, we're going down th- this path, and, uh, I mean, I, I assume Professor Sneeze, Professor Sneeze is very worried worried about this, but Charlie simply is just uh, walking relatively nimbly, not with much of a care in the world of, of what's going to happen if he has a misstep. Are you going to make me roll something? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, he- you're just heading up? I think so, <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, that's what Charlie is doing. What is the rest of you doing? Yeah, Liliana's gonna go ahead and just start walking down the path. I just, I, I have this image that you get to the stalagmite and Professor Sneeze with the light has been walking ahead of both of you at this point, just like to shine the way. And he sees the stalagmite and stops and neither of you break stride. Neither of you break stride. You just both pass him on either side and keep walking up. <laughs> Bye, Sneeze, survival of the fetus. I'm, I'm rubbing my chin. Ah, there's gotta be a... Better way and, up, and right? The best I mean, fetus. This... <laughs> I know I said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna roll a survival okay. to see if I can detect any 
helpful way to ascend. Uh, and that is 14. Okay, um, this looks like just about the only route. Um, you do notice that there could be things that could be used as handholds by someone who is very good at climbing to shorten things down, but if you aren't a climber, the steps are the thing. Um, there may be other ways. They may be wide enough to like have a Pokemon work with it and things there, but uh, for in general, the steps are the route up. Okay. Oof. I've got two thoughts on this. Um, I'm going to send out Shmoopy, okay. who is now a Gastrodon. Shmoopy, go out! And I'm gonna have Shmoopy using um, her wall climber capability go along the side, and I'm going to hold on to Shmoopy's back as I and use Shmoopy more or less as my handhold as I walk on the the steps. Okay, she's using Shmoopy as a handhold. All right. So with uh, Professor Sneeze making his own handhold and Charlie and Liliana just heading up, you start, keep on heading um, up the stairs. One second, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this here because uh, Charlie sees Professor Sneeze uh, use a Pokemon to get up there and he has an idea. Okay. Would you allow me to use uh, the transporter slash teleport uh, to have Nilly bring me to... Okay, so I assume we're ascending this uh, stalagmite, right? Trying you to are to the ascending the stalactite. Yes, the stairs go up. Is there is there a clear place as to like where we're going to need to be? Like, is there this stalagmite is the size of a mountain, or is almost the size of a mountain? You can't see nearly the top. So I wouldn't be able to say, "Hey, Nilly, teleport me over there," and then no. Uh, plus, transporter can only be used three times a day, and uh, her distance on transporter is. Uh, four meters. I mean, let me have a good idea and run with it. <laughs> no, I'm no, it's, it's definitely a good idea. For, it's a good idea for short distances, but I'm afraid this distance is not short. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's a little bit more than. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, it's more so that we just can't see where we're gonna try to land. So yes, Charlie's yeah. gonna uh, just uh, go up the stairs. Okay. Um, with that, uh, after climbing around this uh, up these stairs, they twist around uh, the stalagmite over and over again. After climbing for about an hour, I'm going to need an athletics check from everyone. Uh, Professor Sneeze, you can add two to your check because you have a firm handhold. <gasps> yes. Athletics. Athletics, right. yes. That's seven. I got a five. Should Schmoopy roll as um, well? Yes. Uh, Charlie is uh, the fittest of the bun bunch. Uh, 24. Mm. Oh. Uh, 15. I rolled Shmoopy. five dice and had three okay. sixes. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, yeah, all of you have been walking for a while. Professor Sneeze, you have your handhold. Like, you've been walking for several days under here for a while now. Or at least a few days. And so, walking even up these steep stairs for an hour is you can take it. So none of you have too many issues with it. So you keep moving. Um, the stalagmite does keep thinning. Like, starting, it's starting to noticeably thin at this point. And you're moving up and moving up. There's darkness to your right no matter where you're going. It's so huge that if you didn't know you were underground, you would almost be expecting to see stars. Um, like, just you uh. cannot see walls and anything around you. It's like you're climbing up the side of a mountain that's inside of a mountain. I'm going to need another athletics check. Hey, I don't suppose I could use... 
survival instead because of my traveler edge. It says I can use that instead of athletics and acrobatics to determine my power, high jump, long jump values, and overland movement. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey! Mm-hmm. I will allow it. Uh, Charlie's getting a little Huzzah. bit more worn down. He's doing uh, slightly wounded. He rolled an 18. Or I rolled an 18. Right? I rolled a five. Six. <laughs> Ooh. 16 for sneeze. And uh, 14 for schmoopy. All right. Um, Rose's knees, you kind of figured out the steps and working through it here. You're, it's still a lot of work to go through it, but you're able to kind of get yourself into a rhythm, and that's that's what's helping you keep it up. Um, Charlie, you're still moving good. Uh, Liliana, you, it's a it's it's a lot of steps. The Ratu is not, you know, a very vertical place yet, and plus you lived on the streets, but you're still doing okay. So no one's taking any problems yet. <clears throat> Quick question. Yes. <clears throat> kind of playing off of. Uh, both Michael and Paul's ideas mm-hmm. here. If I were to release Trigger, mm-hmm. could I essentially have Liliana just like wrap her arms around his neck and just kind of like piggyback it up? Piggyback. He has a power <laughs> of he, eight, like, so he would not even, he, he would barely even notice you on him. Haha. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, his le- athletics is quite a bit better than mine. All right. If that's what you're doing, then there you go. So you release trigger and uh, and get on and piggyback with him. Yep, that's right. So, uh, trigger, come on out. Oh my gosh, my feet are <laughs> killing me. Okay, you see those those handhold things? Just go, just go for it. Okay, just go. I'm I'm gonna climb on. All right, go. Uh, trigger kind of speed everyone. Trigger kind of squints because he's still wearing his sunglasses and he refuses to take them <laughs> off. Um, but he... you can just put them on your forehead. You can keep them on. Just put them on your forehead. <laughs> he kind of gives you a look behind the sunglasses, like no, they're cool if they're hiding my eyes. That's when fine cool. if you have to. And I I fully just everyone here. I don't know how many. I fully imagine these as like the Kamina style sunglasses, the triangles that he's mm-hmm. wearing. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice. Oh, they definitely yeah. are. <laughs> All right, and so he's using, like, the foot pads. He's still going up. All right, it's still getting thinner, still getting thinner. You're still moving up and up and up. This is a long hike, everyone. One more athletics check for me. And, uh, Liliana, you can have Trigger do the athletics check instead of you because you're on his back. Okay, and he rolled a 13. Okay. Charlie gets a second win, 21. Nice. Uh, Sneeze has 15, Schmoopy has 16. Okay, uh, with Trigger able to, uh, actually, like with uh, Liliana on Trigger's back, you're actually able to pick up the pace, because all of you have things going and working through it. Uh, Professor Sneeze is still kind of working because he has to keep his pace, but you're able to kind of move it through, and all of you are doing all right. You're all able to make it up to the top of this stalagmite. It's been about three hours at this point, you think, just climbing up these stairs. And these are steep stairs. You've been moving up and up and up. Uh, it's hard to tell because you're moving around and moving up and you've been going down and then up again, but you feel like you're pretty high in the air at this point, like high up in the mountains. After three hours walking up this spinning steep stairway, a rocky ceiling looms in the darkness. The stairs continuing into an irregular hole in its rocky surface. Uh, the hole quickly becomes a tunnel. And the stairs finally begin to level out into a smooth, but still somewhat steep incline. Finally, after walking through this for a while, everything going there, 
as the air begins to lighten in front of you. A cool breeze wafts past your face, and you realize that that light is your first glimpse of the sky in several days. Huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's so bright. As you keep going... Trigger, can I borrow your sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks over to you and is like... I gave them to you. Fine, you can <laughs> Um, as you're nearing to the exit of the uh, to the exit of the tunnel, you're heading towards this bit of sunlight that you can see. You begin to hear an oddly rhythmic, repeated noise. The noise resolves itself into the stamping of feet and the ringing of something that sounds like many small gongs or cymbals or something, all clashing together. Sharp, shrill cries join the rhythmic stamping and clanging, and under the other sound are more chaotic noises, growls snarls, scraping noises, and dull thuds. As though two small or small-ish beasts or Pokemon are locked in battle. Coming from their head. Uh, assuming you guys keep on moving, these rhythmic noises and cries increase in speed and intensity as you head towards the light, building towards a fever pitch. Uh, whether by coincidence or by some sort of design, the sounds reach their crescendo just as you come to the mouth of the tunnel, all sounds ceasing just in time as you are blinded by the summer sun in the mountains. As you come out and the sun fully hits you. The light, still stinging your eyes, swiftly resolves itself into an open, windswept canyon, glittering in the mid midday sun between two enormous peaks. Directly in front of you, like within five feet or so, are two black and gray reptilian Pokemon, the gray upper halves of their bodies covered in overlapping yellow-ringed gray scales. One Pokemon is on its back, its scales disordered and scuffed, and its red eyes wide. Crouched atop of that Pokemon is another Pokemon in roughly the same shape, its yellow claws pinning the other's limbs, its jaws fastened around the other one's throat. The yellow, heart-shaped crest on the standing Pokemon's head quivers as it stares down at its opponent, its yellow-tipped tail whipping back and forth restlessly in the chill mountain air. Several of the same type of Pokemon form a half-circle around the mouth of the tunnel, their eyes on the two directly before you, the two locked in battle. Their tails occasionally lash forward, striking the scales on their sides and making that odd gong or cymbal-like sound. At the center of this half-circle, directly across the two Pokémon from you, stand three larger reptilian Pokémon on their hind legs, watching you with similar red eyes to their smaller companions. They run their yellow claws up and down the red and yellow scales on their arms, producing a lower counterpoint to the higher gonging noises. After a short moment, the larger reptilian Pokémon in the center reaches up and flicks the crest on its forehead, producing a loud clang which silences the noise of all the others in the semicircle. The center, large Pokemon, still looking directly at you now, at all of you, extends its right hand, claws laid flat. Slowly, it, it curls three of its four claws into a fist, with the fourth extended. It turns its hand, thumbs down. The smaller Pokemon strike their scales with their tails once, creating a rolling clash. On the ground, the Pokemon that's on its back whimpers once, quietly. After a moment, the other two large Pokemon near that one in the middle follow the first, their thumbs outstretched and down. The other Pokemon strike themselves with their tails twice more. Crash. Crash. 
The larger Pokemon look to you, waiting. Uh, no pressure. Uh, we're, we're just stumbling into something. Uh, Pokemon sociological here. Uh, hold on. Let me, uh, check my notes. Gosh. And <laughs> I roll a 24 in Pokemon Ed. 24, would, okay. Would I get anything from a cult with this one? Or um, probably, not? probably not. This isn't legend, this isn't myth and legend, this is Pokemon behavior. Alright. Um, so with a 24, uh, Professor Nizot, you get, you get that enough to know that these are, uh, Jengmo'o are the smaller Pokemon, which are dragon types, uh, known for their scales and armor-like scales and of just kind of like battling each other. That That's kind of their society is ritualized battle. Let me make sure I'm doing them. Uh, yeah, trains diligently, has the pride of a warrior. Yeah, so uh, they they never want to show their backs to their foes. Uh, they're always training in harsh areas that are far away from other Pokemon and people. That's where that, mm -hmm. and so that's how they, like, they're training with each other and working through there. Um, the larger Pokemon are Hakamo'o, which is the evolved form of Jengmo'o, dragon and fighting type. Um, generally, Hakamo'o leave, uh, when they evolve, they leave at their fellows and begin training on their own. And so they're more, uh, they, they usually travel to fight. Um, these ones being here means either they're over, like, the thing is, with these Hakamo'o being here, either they're relatively young and evolved recently, or they're relatively old and have returned to train the Jangmo'o. And it's a little difficult to tell which one from mm. here. Um... But uh, what you got from the sociological thing is they live in a very harsh society. Um, by saying, by marking it thumbs down, um, they are agreeing that this Jangmo'o with its jaws fastened around the others, uh, thumbs down means the loser is killed. Ooh. Thumbs up means it is spared. Because, due to no fault of your own, you have entered into the middle of the dueling ground just as the climax reached, you have won the rights to judge. So you each carry votes mm. along with the Hakamo. The, the, yeah, the Hakamo. So they okay. they have voted thumbs down, but you guys can tie the vote. Uh, I, I explain all this in Sneeze mm -hmm. voice. Um, so... As, as a reminder to you guys, as... you are on top of the mountains. Yep. <laughs> and then as sneeze, I uh, I I give a thumbs up, and yeah, I don't know. It, does Schmoopy get a vote? Uh, no, uh, the, the they would go for the humans for this case. Okay. Uh, also, right. Schmoopy doesn't have thumbs. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> she's she's amorphous. She could have a thumb if she wanted. I don't think Schmoopy has any interest in forming thumbs. Pressings gives a thumbs up. When you give the thumbs up, the uh, Jangmo all around again strike to make that uh, crashing cymbal sound. I mean, uh, so Charlie, what he's thinking about right now is he doesn't want to disrupt the tra you know the tradition that they have here, and you know maybe maybe this one isn't suited for for being up on the mountain, but uh, Charlie could definitely find a good place for him. Um, Give it, give, give it a thumbs up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Char I mean, Charlie says as much to uh, uh, to Liliana Sneeze, so yeah, he, he gives the thumbs up. There's another rolling cymbal crash as the Jangmo'o strike as you give that thumbs up. Liliana just shrugs and gives a thumbs up. <laughs> so with one last thumbs up and one last rolling crash, 
The Hakamo'o looks suddenly eager. The central Hakamo'o strikes his crest mm. in a slightly different place than before, though the gong sound from it sounds the same to you. Uh, the Jangmo'o react differently, however. Spreading out quickly, they form three circles, with small gaps in the circles facing you at the mouth of the tunnel. Excuse me, the Jangmo'o that's in front of you keeps his jaws on his defeated enemy. He drags the other Jangmo'o to the edge of the cavern, waiting for the resolution of the tie. Each of the Hakamo'o step into one of their prepared circles, turning to face you all. They settle carefully into prepared stances. Uh. <laughs> A massive roar fills the cavern, scattering the Jangmo'o out of their careful circles. Even the one with its jaws and its opponent looks up in wonder, its foe forgotten. Standing on a rocky cliff overlooking the cavern is a massive, scaled dragon Pokemon. It scales pattern in an elaborate headdress, and its tail covered in pattern scales as well. Many of the scales on this Pokemon are broken, or dented, or simply missing, giving it the look of a creature that has just come out of a terrible battle. It is missing one eye. The eye socket is just a massive scar tissue, and its left claw seems to be paralyzed in a tense, grasping position. Despite this, this Pokemon radiates an aura of might that you can feel from all the way down in the cavern below it. Uh, Charlie, you notice that Katana has seemingly vanished from your back? Yep. Um, Professor Sneeze, uh, Archie's Pokeball is, has started to shake violently on your uh, belt. Um, I open it up. Archie, yeah. Archie comes out and like, looks around wildly for a second, catches eye of the thing, and then looks back to you and goes, Unfettered. Archetype. Freedom oh, yep. and suffering. Archie's voice is hushed, but it still sounds loud in the silence that follows the archetype's roar. You watch as it extends its paralyzed, grasping hand towards you, then pulls that same hand back to itself, offering to take on challenge itself. More than challenge, Archie warns, looking up at the great creature. Has not taken part in events. If directly addressed, archetypes will have more weight in the events to come. More freedom and more suffering. If denied, effect will diminish. Less suffering, but less freedom. What do you do? Uh, this is a, this is a moral conundrum here. Uh, I, I I think I mean freedom is really good, and that's that's it's a good thing. And you know sometimes freedom comes with with, with suffering, but at, in the end it's it's it balances out, right? That's what do you, what do you two think? Life is about suffering. <laughs> Uh, crawling in my skin plays quietly in the background somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, that, that does sound like very, very much of a Luliana response, like to have the freedom and the suffering, like all in one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so let me understand this right. So basically, the archetype is challenging our own archetypes, or just us in general. Uh, he is offering to take the tiebreaker challenge that the Hakamoto challenged you for. So basically, if you win, that Jangmo'o is spared, but you've also brought this, the Unfettered, into events. The Unfettered is brought into events whether you win or lose, basically. But or, uh, if, if you choose to fight him. Mm. However, um, like it, so it basically, it'd be, it'd be the same fight okay. as before, except it'd be all of you against the uh, the Unfettered, rather than each of mm-hmm. you against the Hakamo'o. 
So all each of us and we get to use our Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and if we don't take his challenge, then we're fighting the yes, Hakamo. We're fighting the Hakamo. Um, can I roll a Pokemon ad on this yes. thing? Yes. I mean, I can, I can guess, mm-hmm. but. I want to do um, both. Can you do both? 20, <laughs> 22. Um, you can give me an occult education if you prefer. Right, let's do that. And 21 in occult. Okay, uh, Professor Sneeze, you know that this is an aged Kamo'o. This is a Komo'o, which is the final evolution of Jengmo'o, Hakamo'o, Komo'o. Uh, again, dragon and fighting type. Um, mm-hmm. Extremely well known to be powerful. Um, mm-hmm. It returns to its birthplace to protect the Jangmo'o that are there, but it only watches them from a distance. Um, apparently, simply raising the arms of a Komo'o can generate enough force to change its surroundings because its uppercuts are so strong. Um, also, according to legend, Komo'o... Um, have their glittering scales and become strong in order to drive away some sort of darkness. And so they're very well known as defensive and protective creatures, but they're also known for their incredible power. Charlie, the arch- this unfettered is, con- is a little concerning um, in, in different ways because of it being tied to Komo'o being... Uh, freedom and suffering, essentially, it appears, um, especially tied in with that darkness, because of its power being able to bring both freedom and suffering into play, the Unfettered rarely takes an active measure in events. In fact, uh, going through it, and you've been looking through and, like, kind of learning these occult, like, these different myths and legends, um, if it shows up in a story, it shows up once. Hmm. And it shows up either to destroy a great danger while at the same time destroying almost everything else around it. So just laying waste to everything, including something that's dangerous. Or it marks someone who's going to do something maybe not similar, but who's going to fight some, who is going to later have to deal with something very, very dangerous, personally. Hmm, interesting. And uh, Charlie relays that to the the other people. Let's see if I can summarize it. So uh, I've I've heard about uh, the unfettered in in some of my uh, my uh, stories before, and like either he's gonna like lay waste, like take care of a really bad dark thing, but like lay waste to everything around it, or he might like mark someone to to fight like the the big bad. So. Uh, Foreshadowing? I don't. I don't know what's. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I know. I know there. There seems to be a risk with this, but like, I feel like it's one of those things where we gotta kind of go for the, go for the the big big battle here uh, to help us in, in later on. I mean, yeah, yes, there'll increase suffering, but like, I feel like the freedom is gonna be better for us. I don't know. I, I think I agree with you, Charlie. Um, yeah, my vote is we accept the challenge of the the unfettered, this massive, ancient Kamo'o. I'm always up for a fight, so let's get it over with. Alright. When we're um, done, can we go back and fight the... Can we... Charlie uh, just says, like, to, not to... You, but just to... <laughs> other, what, if we do that, can we then go back and 
do the Hakamo, because that was a really cool idea, too. I want to fight a Hakamo. I, I don't think that's how the society works here, Charlie. Start a riot anyway, see what happens. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's, just, let's take it one challenge at a time. Uh, the unfettered realizing, somehow, that you have chosen its, fu- it, its fight leaps from its high position above you and lands in the center of the canyon with a massive crash. All of the Jangmo and Hakamo scatter to the edges of the canyon as the Kamo'o gets up from its landing. And this thing, like, getting closer, it looks like it has been in a war since it was born. It, like, the, like, it is hard to find an unbroken or unbent scale on it. Like, there is more scar tissue than skin. This is something that has been fighting forever, and you're not sure if it's won every fight. But it looks up at you, and again, the just feeling of power is just, is simply there. And it opens its mouth again and roars. And as it roars, Archie looks back at you and kind of shrinks and goes, Aura, Aura active. Aura! And that's all the time we have for this week. No, no, what? no, it's not. <laughs> we have a battle to what? do. What? What? <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapsradio.org slash Pokemon Rollout, on Twitter at Podcast, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rollout. Join our Facebook group, the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room. As long as you're not a robot, we'll approve your request to join. There you can join in the conversation with creators and fans and become a part of the Pokemon Rollout community. Also, follow our network on Twitter at TapsterRadio, and check out some of our other great shows at TapsterRadio.org, like Intermission, Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch, Freddy Goes to a Podcast, and Us Play Fiasco. A special thank you to Rocco W for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles, and feel free to check the show notes for the other music and sound effects used in this episode. Once again, I'm Nick, and you can follow me and tell me all about uh, your anger about this short episode, but come on, I had to, and on Twitter (laughs) at PokeRoomNick. I'm Paul. <laughs> I told you you can Hi, you can Paul. find me at PropSnag. Uh, and uh, as always, come check us out in our Discord as well as our Facebook tap room. Uh, come say hi. We like saying hi and talking to you folks. And uh, yeah, do, do those things. <sighs> and I'm Michael. And you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L. No what's about it. <laughs> And I'm Lydia, and you can follow me on Twitter at LIL underscore Shadow8. <sighs> Working immediately. All the freedom to plan for the fight. And the suffering of waiting. You can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Behind Your Eye That's Behind Your E-Y-E-L-I. If you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollouts, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you really liked us, donate to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast and get some sweet rewards. Special thanks to our patrons, Mark Smith, Mitch Grabowski, Malachi Corder, Dr. Otteno, Legendary, Alex Abram, Rob, and L.E.T., Gregory Lopez, David Harshman, Box Cheese, Froxus, DGZ, Azure Spider, and Nathan Jester. You guys are awesome, and we can't say it enough. We really appreciate all that you, the gentle listeners, do for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch ya later. Bye! <laughs>
Should we just get started then, do you think? Or... I guess we should. <gasps> I guess if, you know, it's not a groan of pain in response to it, but... I'm dead, and this is my ghost! Yay! Ghost-type Pokémon! I was normal-type, and now I'm ghost-type! Now you're not boring-type! <laughs> <laughs> Would a normal ghost that's like actually like naturally normal ghost type just be a sheet? Possibly, <laughs> possibly or yeah, I don't. Charlie Brown on yeah. Halloween. He got mm. a rock. Has to have rock throw. But again, whoever's editing this, edit this part out. Edit out the butts. <laughs> no, no, leave all the butts in. <laughs> <laughs> just watch. They take that very literally, and they edit out every time someone says the word butts, like. Uh... <laughs> I don't know how I should react to you being able to make a full load of laundry with just your underwear. <laughs> it's either a very small dryer or a whole lot of underwear. You or are very, very blessed. Or very big underwear. But I also. Or very big underwear. But. From the last Have time I saw you. my butt. <laughs> Weird. Do you want us to check out your bike? I'm okay with not looking at what anything that's going on at the moment. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, good idea, Paul. Here, I'll turn my camera yep. off. How's that? Yeah, you were starting to, starting to freeze pretty badly there, but uh, no, I've not seen your butt. I don't think, at least. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, going to uh, upgrade that uh, to I'm okay with not being part of this conversation at all. <laughs> I was like, Nick, have you seen Michael's butt? <laughs> we should probably start playing some point soon. <laughs> no, 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 you can't avoid the question. I'm avoiding the question. Uh, <laughs> should we, should we I mean, down I mean, your, your brothers, I mean, the, it's okay for the answer to be yes. Very fair. Yeah. <laughs> like... Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Obviated objects of oblivion. Obambulating about. Offered unto Offered you. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. In the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org. From, From our, our fancy, fancy to yours. To yours.